You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine, lead blogger at Big Blue View. Today's show, we're going to do something a little bit different, something we probably don't do often enough here on the Valentine's Views podcast. I'm going to answer some questions that were submitted via Facebook and Twitter. Questions, you know, regarding the Giants and things that that you guys want to know about. So, uh, you know, let's, let's get right into that. You know, if we have time a little bit later, we'll talk about some other Giants related topics, but let's get through your questions and uh, we'll see what's on the, on the minds of Giants fans as we, as we roll through the summer here. All right. Via Twitter. Moose74 says, for years we've been torched by tight ends. Do I think Jabril Jabril Peppers can be the final solution to this? Listen, Landon Collins was a very, very good player. One of the reasons that the Giants were not willing to pay him, you know, the big money, $11 million, I think it was, on the franchise tag, the $14 million annually that the Redskins gave Collins. One of the reasons for that was that the Giants didn't believe that Collins was as good in coverage as they wanted their safeties to be. They believe that Jabril Peppers can be a better coverage safety. They believe that Peppers between his work at safety, his work as a return man, his athleticism, all of those things. They believe that Peppers can be an impact player for their defense. Look, if you look at the pro football focus statistics, and please, folks, anytime you do that, take those with a grain of salt. Whether pro football focus wants to admit it or not, those st- those grades are somewhat subjective. They aren't perfect because the PFF analysts don't know exactly what a player's assignment was on each and every play. They're grading off of what they believe that they see, and by and large, they do a good job, but those grades are not perfect. And please don't judge a player and say, this guy's better than that guy because his PFF grade was two points higher or three points higher 
or, or whatever. But the, the pro football focus grades can give us somewhat of a guideline, something to go on, something to discuss and tell us you know, what a player's strengths and weaknesses are. The PFF grades for 2018 were a little bit better for Jabril Peppers in coverage than for Landon Collins in coverage. It showed an uptick from Peppers' rookie season. Leads you to believe that Peppers entering his third year in the league might already be a little bit better in coverage than Collins, who's in his fifth year in the league, and may have a little bit more room for improvement, a little bit more upside in that area because he is still two years younger, two years less experienced than Collins. The Giants to this point, Pat Shermer has spoken a lot about Pepper's coverage ability. Antoine Bethea, I believe, mentioned Pepper's coverage ability the other day when when he was asked by media about Pepper's. So the Giants are very optimistic that Peppers will improve their coverage, you know, probably specifically of tight ends and running backs. That said, improving the the coverage is not solely up to Jabril Peppers. I think the Giants recognized the idea that their pass coverage needed to be better. If you look at what they did in the draft, moving up to get DeAndre Baker in the first round, selecting Julian Love in the fourth round, selecting Corey Ballantyne in the sixth round, going back to last year, selecting Sam Beal in the supplemental draft. They've added a lot of talent there in that secondary, specifically recognizing that the game is so pass-heavy now, you simply have to be able to cover... You know, and my theory has always been that you just cannot have enough good quality coverage cornerbacks. And the Giants seem to be buying into that, you know, with the number of guys that they've added. You know, I have also cautioned when it comes to corners that these guys are first year players, four guys in that group who have never played an NFL snap. They're not all going to hit the ground running as all pros. They're not all going to hit the ground running as good a player as they will eventually be. There will be mistakes born out of inexperience. There will be a learning curve. You know, you just have to hope that these guys are what the Giants think that they are and that the mistakes that they don't that they do make that that learning curve doesn't cost the Giants football games because cornerbacks, when cornerbacks make mistakes, those lead to points. So we'll see how that goes. I'm very optimistic that the Giants have improved their pass coverage, but it's the middle of May or the end of May. We have to see how that all plays out. So again, you know, in reference to Jabril Peppers, I'm optimistic that Peppers will be able to help the coverage you know, but we'll find out come this September. Our second question, now we have a group of questions that come from Facebook. And Shane Momier, and I apologize if I butchered that name. I apologize if I butcher any of the names. I'm doing the best I can with these. But Shane wants to know, uh, our pass rush is a major concern. We didn't have much last season, so what, if anything, is going to improve that this coming season 
And, you know, Shane, it goes back to, you know, it goes back to something else. The Giants, I thought, did a very good job in the draft, you know, addressing what I thought was the huge need on the defensive side of the ball. I thought they needed to spend as many draft picks as possible to add talent to the defense, especially after letting Collins go, after after trading away Olivier Vernon. You know, the defense wasn't good enough last season to begin with. They needed a talent infusion. We've talked a little bit already about the secondary and the number of cornerbacks that they added. And listen, you know, there's a theory out there now or a narrative growing among some of the analytically, you know, inclined folks that pass coverage is more important than pass rush. I'm old school. I'm old-fashioned. Maybe that just means that I'm old because I probably am in this business. I'm an old guy. But listen, I'm not buying that theory completely. I think that both work together. You have to be able to cover to give your pass rushers time to get there. And at other times, you have to be able to pass rush so that your defensive backs aren't covering forever. They work in concert. I've thought quite a bit about what the Giants did in the draft. And, you know, we can talk about Daniel Jones all we want, and I think we will, you know, a little bit later on here in the show. But, you know, the one thing that the Giants are criticized for, one of the things they're criticized for in the last draft is not coming away with one of the top-tier pass rushers. A lot of folks would have liked to have seen them take Josh Allen at number six and try to get Daniel Jones with a later pick. You know, listen, I think that the one question that that nags at me, and I think Dexter Lawrence is going to be a very, very good NFL player. The one question that, that nags at me when I look at what the Giants did in the draft, having selected Daniel Jones at number six, how different would their draft be or how much happier would analysts and fans be with the draft class had the Giants used the 17th pick on Montez Sweat, the edge rusher out of Mississippi State? He went, you know, toward the end of the first round to the Washington Redskins. I think that that people would be a lot happier with the outcome of the draft if the Giants had directly addressed the pass rush. You know, by taking the edge rusher, I think Sweat was probably or perhaps the last of the of the guys considered premier pass rushers to still be on the board at that point. And that's the question that I have. We don't know how well the Giants will rush the passer. They 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 hope Marcus Golden, who had 12 and a half sacks a couple of years ago with the Cardinals before suffering an injury will come back and make an impact. They hope Lawrence will push the pocket. They're looking for improvement from Lorenzo Carter. They're hoping O'Shane Zimenez, drafted in the third round, you know, can help their pass rush. We'll have to see. I think there's potential for the Giants' defense to be much better, but I do think th- that pass rush remains a question. We, we have to see because the Giants didn't add 
you know, anyone who's a really top tier proven pass rusher, a guy who had a a really good 2018 season. As I said, you know, Marcus Golden had 12, 12 and a half sacks a couple of years ago. But we need to see if he can get back to that level and we need to see if he can do it without guys on a defensive line alongside of him like Chandler Jones and Calais Campbell, who were both members of the Arizona Cardinals when Golden put up that big year, I believe it was in 2016. So we shall see, but it is definitely you know one of the major questions about the Giants entering the upcoming season. Giants fans, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. We'll come back and we'll take more of your questions. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Okay, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. And as I said, we're taking your uh, your questions via Facebook and Twitter. And let's continue with your questions. I mentioned earlier in the show that we would at some point be talking about Daniel Jones. So here we go. Uh, Terry McRae wants to know, do I believe that Daniel Jones would have been on the board at number 17 in the draft? Terry, the honest answer to that is no. I don't believe he would have been available at 17. I can't prove that. I can't tell you what team or teams would have taken him. I don't know if Dave Gettleman is correct in saying that he absolutely knew that there were two teams that would take Jones, you know, somewhere between 6 and 17 if the Giants had left him on the board. I think he's probably right that there were teams that would have done that. I think the Redskins might be one. You know, they'll obviously deny that. I think the Bengals might have been a team that would have done that. I think there might be other teams who would have who would have taken a shot at moving up into the 10, 12, 13 range to go and get Jones. So, you know, so in the end, I really don't have the huge huge issue that so many other people have with the Giants taking Daniel Jones at number six. Scott Wright of Draft Countdown, other draft analysts that uh, that I trust, always remind that, look, no price is too, is too high to pay for a quarterback. 
look at what the uh, the Eagles and the Rams did a few years back. You know, moving up into the draft to the one and two slots to take Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. You can't tell me that Jared Goff was the second best player in the draft, but getting J- Jared Goff helped the Rams get to a Super Bowl this past year. So when you believe in a quarterback, when you believe he's your guy, you do what you think you have to do to get him on your team. Dave Gettleman and the Giants, whether they're right or wrong, concluded that Daniel Jones was the guy they wanted to put in place to take this franchise forward once they take the reins from Eli Manning, whether that comes sometime this year, whether that comes next year, whenever it comes, they concluded that Daniel Jones was the guy they wanted. The one thing you don't want to do is miss the one guy who you really, really want when he's there for you to take. You know, it was like the Giants taking Saquon Barkley last year at two. He's the guy they wanted. He's the guy they took. They didn't mess around. It was the Cleveland Browns. A lot of people thought a year ago could could take Barkley at one and still get, you, you know, Baker Mayfield at four. You know, but they wanted Baker Mayfield. They took him at one, and he proved them correct a year ago by having a really, really good rookie season. We will find out if the Giants are right about Daniel Jones down the line. You know, quarterbacks take a few years to develop a lot of times. We'll find out, you know, a little bit down the road whether the Giants were right in their evaluation of Daniel Jones. But, and I may be in the minority here, but I don't have a problem with the Giants making the move for Jones at six because he was the guy that they believed in. All right, let's move on to another question here. John Caroli wants to know, how does Corey Coleman look in practice? Corey Coleman is the wide receiver that the Giants picked up, you know, middle of last season, former number one pick of the Cleveland Browns. A guy that uh, that got bounced around the league a little bit last year wasn't as productive in Cleveland as they had hoped he would. Listen, John, you know the the issue is it's very difficult for me to answer that question right now. The Giants are in OTAs. They've had two public practices where media has been allowed to attend. I've been able to only see one of those practices. So that's not really a question that I can give an in-depth answer to. The questions with Coleman will come down to the simple idea of of route running. He was a guy at Baylor. He's a tremendous athlete, you know, great speedster. We see that on kickoff returns. I find it incomprehensible that the Cleveland Browns never gave Coleman an opportunity to return kickoffs. He's a wonderful kickoff returner, averaged a little bit more than 26 yards per return for the Giants last year when they finally gave him an opportunity to do that. The question for Coleman will come down to the route tree. At Baylor, he ran mostly you know, vertical go routes or your basic bubble screen. He didn't run 
the rest of the route tree, the in cuts, you know, all of all of those kinds of things, the comeback routes, the dig routes, all of those intermediate routes that that guys run in the NFL that they make their livings on that you have to be able to run to be a dependable NFL wide receiver. That will be the question for Corey Coleman is can he run those routes? Can he get open? You can he do those play to play things? We'll find out. I think we'll know more as training camp and the preseason unfold. I think right now it's really too early, you know, to make any sort of judgment on Corey Coleman. I think the Giants would love to see him develop because they can use the speed, they can use the big play ability. All right, our final question comes from Justin Lev, and this is a question from Facebook. And Justin wants to know, why didn't the Giants select Mac Wilson in the fifth round of the draft? He was projected to go in rounds one or rounds two. All right, Justin, let's, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. First of all, Mac Wilson, for folks who don't know, Mac Wilson is an inside linebacker from Alabama. In the fifth round of the 2019 draft, about 12 picks before Wilson went off the board to the Cleveland Browns, I believe it was, and I don't have it in front of me, the Giants took inside linebacker Ryan Connolly out of Wisconsin. So the simple answer to the question, Justin, the simple answer to the question is that the Giants liked Connolly more than they liked Wilson. They felt he fit their scheme better. They felt he was the player that they wanted to add to their defense, to their special teams units. But this brings up something, though, that, that, that I wanted to talk about. You know, People look at draft big boards. They look at rankings, and they think, oh, he's a first-round pick. He's a second-round pick. Understand something. You know, the NFL, and it, it, it's a little bit with the Daniel Jones type of, of, uh, of situation as well. NFL teams don't go by big boards created by NFL draft media analysts. NFL teams see players their own way. NFL teams understand exactly how they want to use a player or at least they absolutely should understand exactly how they want to use a player, what his role might be on their team, how he'll fit in their locker room, what their, you know, what their off, NFL teams know exactly what their offensive and defensive schemes are and what kind of players fit into those schemes. The other thing to remember and I say this all the time at Big Blue View, I say it here on the on the podcast NFL teams have a lot more information at their fingertips about these players than media analysts do. A lot of these media analysts, and and you know, much respect to a lot of these guys, much respect to our own Mark Schofield, to Chris Flum, Dan Pizzuta, to all of these guys at the Draft Network, to guys like Dane Brugler at The Athletic, you know, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. These guys, you know, they they work and they analyze and they know their stuff. 
But let's realize that at the end of the day, they're one guy sitting there watching whatever film of players that they can get a hold of you know, and forming an opinion off of watching a few games worth of film. NFL teams have a number of scouts who watch players. They don't just watch a few games. They'll watch years worth of film for a player. They'll meet the player. They have access to the player at several different, you know, all-star games, at the combine, in private meetings, in, you know, in workouts, in all sorts of venues. They have access to to coaches. They go to practices. They talk to the the high school coaches. They talk to, you know, to the in the cases of quarterbacks, they'll talk to the quarterback trainers. They have reams and reams of information about players at their disposal that media analysts don't have. So an NFL team's judgment of a player isn't always going to, you know, to correspond. It's not always going to agree with the way a couple of media analysts see certain players. I did see a couple of places that thought that Mac Wilson would be a day two selection. He turned out to be a day three selection. It's just an example you know, that NFL teams don't always see the draft board the same way that media analysts do. If you're familiar with the Huddle Report, the Huddle Report every year grades mock drafts and they grade top 100 big boards. The best top 100 big boards, Bob McGinn, former writer for the Milwaukee Journal, you know, is probably the best in the business at it. He had the highest rated big board this year and I think he got 88 out of 100 correct. I think his his average over the last five or ten years is to get 85 or so correct. So that's 85 out of 100, which means you know 15 guys that went in the top 100 were guys he didn't think would go in the top 100. So you know these guys, just because a media analyst's board says a player is a second-round pick or a third-round pick doesn't make it so. Just because an analyst put a second round or a third round grade on a player doesn't mean the NFL sees it that way. So, you know, we, so just just keep in mind, you know, that, that NFL teams are setting their own big boards based on their own needs, based on their own evaluations, based on their own, you know, schemes and, and the way that they want to utilize players. So. With that said, Giants fans, I think uh, that will be our show for today. As always, I thank you for listening. I thank you for sending in the questions. You know, maybe we'll do this, uh, try to do this once a week or so throughout the summer as we look forward to uh, Giants training camp. Reminder that the Giants will hold their mandatory minicamp next week. That's June 4 to June 6th. Yours truly will be there for Big Blue View, so please check out all of the uh, the minicamp coverage at BigBlueView.com. I will try to uh, to do a podcast or two from minicamp. Perhaps I'll try to... Uh, to put together a Facebook Live or two during practice sessions 
Hopefully, uh, you guys will enjoy all of that. All right, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.